proposal that would have given worse benefits to new hires. One fact Four Roses hadn't counted on was that many of its employees had friends who worked at the nearby Jim Beam distillery. Two years ago, Jim Beam workers struck over a similar issue and forced their employer to back off. Four Roses workers spent nearly two weeks walking the picket lines near the distillery in Lawrenceburg and outside the bottling and warehouse faculty in Cox's Creek. Tennessee, maybe? I think we're talking about Tennessee. The workers are located, represented by UFCW locals 10D and 23D and the National Conference of Firemen and Oilers, SEIU. When they returned to the bargaining table with the assistance of a federal mediator, they worked in, they, within hours, they had a tentative agreement. And in the words of local attendee President Jeff Royalty, there is no two-tier in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Precisely what caused the company to back down remains somewhat of a mystery even to the workers involved. What is clear is that their public campaign... Direct outreach to would-be customers, support from the local community, solidarity from other unions, and outreach to the media helped turn the tide. On labor notes. Okay. Now, what's this is from Labor Start, and this is just lost it. It's from Labor Start, and it's uh, about the people at the airport, those people who uh, stop you and pass the sensor over you and uh, tell you what to take on and put off, (laughs) take off and put on at the airport, the TSA agents, two weeks into the shutdown. Mr. Trump is going around bragging how he's getting all this all this uh, support. People are calling him, and uh, federal workers are calling him and telling him that uh, they want him to hold tough. They don't mind going without money. He's not going without money, <laughs> and they don't mind going without money. Donald Trump recently suggested that he has the upper hand in government shutdown fight because most of the people not getting paid are Democrats. In other words, these are people who are against his wall. And now they're the ones who aren't getting paid, so he's kind of happy to withhold pay from them, huh? By this, the president meant that his party depends less on the support of federal workers than Chuck Schumer's does, and that Democrats will therefore have a harder time standing their ground during a prolonged shutdown than he will. Beyond the moral odiousness of this position, there was one strategic flaw in Trump's reasoning. Precisely because they are aligned with the Democratic Party, public sector unions are likely to be more willing to engage in work stoppages 
under a GOP president than might be under a pro-labor one. Two weeks into the shutdown, formal labor militancy, formal labor militancy has yet to materialize. But an informal pseudo-strike is already taking shape. Transportation Security Administration agents are legally obligated to work through the shutdown, even though their pay has been frozen. For TSA agents who survive paycheck to paycheck, that just stopped being workable. As the shutdown approaches in its third week, hundreds of agents have begun calling in sick. Reported by CNN. So, Four Roses played some Charlie Parker. The Axe Fell. That's the Labor Beat. Let's have one more. As Trump holds firm on shutdown, he never mentions one group, federal employees. He has talked about the need for protection along the country's southern border. He said he's willing to keep the government shut down indefinitely to ensure the funding of the wall, he says, will provide that protection. And he has complained about spending the holidays alone in the White House with no one around with whom he can negotiate. One thing President Trump has not talked about publicly during 13 days of partial government shutdown is the 800,000, 800,000, everybody, federal workers who are not being paid because of it. Mr. Trump's apparent indifference to the TSA agents, correctional officers, science scientists, and other federal employees caught in the crosshairs of a political standoff presents a remarkable contrast with how other presidents have made a point of trying to demonstrate their empathy during other shutdowns. In the 2013, for instance, President Barack Obama opened an op wrote an open letter to the workers affected when the government was closed. None of this is fair to you, he wrote adding, you and your families remain at the front of my mind. Even Ronald Reagan acknowledged during the 1981 shutdown the temporary hardship it caused for government workers. Mr. Trump has not even publicly recognized that. And what do we expect? What do we expect? So let's see. Uh, let's let's play some music. And get my iTunes here. Uh, uh, let's see. We've got perfect Indian fire on. I'm looking for something uh, about this one. We played this a lot before. First time in the new year, and it's a damn good one to remember. Linda Tillery 
and cultural heritage. Don't let nobody...
someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. You don't have a seat at the table where you work, that is, the negotiating table. You're on the menu. And 
never, never let anyone into your heart who's not a friend of labor. I say labor, I mean you. Hi, everybody. Remember, when I say labor, I mean you, where the labor meets the road. Hi, everybody. Vita. Clifton House, and all of you who work for a living, have a good week and good work. This is the B signing off. See you next week. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. burger mutiny radio thinks you'll find the best burger in san francisco at counter offer located inside bender's bar and grill counter offers menu aims to please your drunk face tater tots are served daily on tuesday nights counter offer serves specials off the taco bell menu only better you can enjoy your favorite taco bell item without the guilt counter offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit special ingredients are made from scratch daily including beans ketchup mustard habanero sauce and ranch dressing 
Counteroffer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counteroffer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counteroffer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, punk rock and schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips. Don't know anything about it. Sorry. <laughs> All on my limited view. Yes. Every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, oh, you can if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah. And Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God. There's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes. You can also find us on social media. M as in Mary. L as in Larry. P as in Peter. Podcast. MOV Podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Mm. 
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at Mutant Radio. Mutiny Radio listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows. Flat Black Plastic, MutinyRadio.fm.
This is cassette number seven. We followed the tracks through sleepy suburban neighborhoods, grumpy with each other for the first time since we've met again. Lonnie shot snipes along the way. When he finally had a full pocket full of cigarette butts, I had to sit and wait while he rolled them into one of his huge cigarettes. Take a psychedelic circus journey to the dark side of the moon with Bow and Arrow Presents Dark Side of the Circus, a psychedelic circus show set to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Playing for one weekend only, September 16th through 18th at Dance Mission Theater. Tickets available now at darksideofthecircus.brownpapertickets.com. Mutiny Radio listeners can get a $25 ticket with promo code MUTINY420. Bow and Arrow will see you soon on the dark side of the moon. Just corporate, uh, what are they called? Promos. But they give the money for it. Like there's an actual Twitter bird that's part of the plot. Like, I'm not fucking with you. It's like a crux of the whole movie is the Twitter bird. It's so bad. <laughs> and then the children are like watching it like, I need a phone. And the whole thing's about children being on their phones. Like, that's the whole movie. It's like junior hires and high schoolers like walking around like this and how that's their entire life. I'm like, why are we letting this be okay? okay. It's, they, ah, last pull for me. There's plenty of them in here though, you guys. Uh, what is your dream job or what your dream job is uh, to be Yoda? Clearly at that point, I didn't know how grammar worked. Uh, what my dream job is, I would probably say um, I would want to murder Martha Stewart and then make a skin robe out of her and then be her. And like, I would be Martha Stewart. Like, is that possible? Can you do that? Can I actually be her? Like, just to have like, it would be so crazy to... Um, like make decisions and not have a committee about it. Does that happen to you as a woman? Like men make decisions and people do it and then women make decisions and they make a committee. Does that ever happen? Am I the only one? No? That we're not used to that? She gives me the look like, I don't know what you're talking about. I know. <laughs> they always want to form a committee. They're like, we should really, we should really talk about this in group. I'm like, no, we could just get it done. <laughs> it's, a, it's fine. I was really frustrated today. Uh, hey, we sing a little song before we start this show, and then we'll get it going with our crazy comics. If you know how it goes, sing along with me. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. Hi, hi, hi. I need to get a vaporizer. It hurts. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! Yay! We're all in for a hell hat. Who knows what's gonna happen? These crazy kids coming up. Uh, your first comedian. Your first comedian of the night. What a funny guy he is. You guys can see him in the upcoming Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, March 1st through 5th. Here, he's actually in the Locals Only show, which is the opening show of the whole festival on March 1st at 6 o'clock. But you get to see him now on Hell Hat. Clap your hands together for Marty Cunny!
I am scared of blank. Um, I used to say dying alone, but that's kind of what we all do. So I would say that I am most scared of probably kangaroos, to be honest. Uh, I'm talking about like in terms of animals that we are most okay with but are the most dangerous uh, in general. I mean, have you ever seen a kangaroo kick someone in the face? That's some fucking scary shit, okay? They're like deer that can kill you. Uh, it's true. Uh, it's just that it's just part of the Australian agenda. Just a whole nation of animals that can just fucking murder you. Uh, no matter what it looks like, it kills you. A platypus is poisonous, people. Do you fucking understand that? A platypus has a, a venomous barb behind its left paw. Only on one side. It's not even fucking symmetrical. Like, it makes no fucking sense. Uh, I don't get it. I don't... Uh, the whole goddamn nation. Trying to kill you. Uh, hot take, I know. Okay. High five. Always appropriate. Um, not at a veterans march. Uh, you never know what they got going on. Uh, that might just be a limb that doesn't go above shoulder height. They might not have a high five in them. Uh, so I, I would just not chance that one. Uh, I was wondering, you say, uh, the question is, is high five always appropriate? Can you go for the high low with a dwarf? Is that okay to go for like the high low follow through with a dwarf? I feel like it is, but like, I just don't know. I, I, it's one of those etiquette things that I, I don't have enough or a dwarf friend to figure that out. Uh, I have exactly zero dwarf friends. Uh, that's an untapped market for me. It's like Laotian friends. I don't count my landlord as a friend. Uh, next topic. God, is it real? The re is she real is a real question, right, guys? No, God, is it real? Oh, man, so deep, you know. We get real deep with the hell hat. Um, yeah, God, is it real? I sure... Hope not, because that means someone's been watching me do all the dumb shit that I do. Uh, I mean, essentially, the people are scared. I don't get it. Like, you can't be, like, religious and then also be mad about, like, the NSA. Because we've had, like, God watching us this whole time, and, like, some people were fine with that. And we're just adding another layer to that. It's like God and some creepy weirdo behind a computer. Like, what's the big deal? What's the difference, really? Uh, the same guy that made platypuses and kangaroos is watching you jerk off, okay? Like, that guy's clearly got an agenda we don't understand at all. Uh, which I think is kind of his thing, right? Is that, that's the God thing, right? We don't really get what he's doing? Yeah, so, uh, and if he's real, he's a real weird guy. Uh, I'll, I'll go with that. I'm gonna fill every one of my pockets. I was kind of wishing I wore cargo pants so I could put... <laughs> One of these in every single pocket by the time I'm done. Finally use every bit of the cargo pant. Uh, kids, yay or devil spawn? Porque no los dos, guys. Porque no los dos. I think kids are both. Uh, mine will certainly be devil spawn. Uh, I was a terrible child growing up. Uh, it was weird because I was actually a blonde child until I was about two years old and then like my hair turned brown, I actually turned blue. And I didn't realize, huh? What'd you say? That explains everything, right? Yeah. 
I, it was like a weird metamorphosis where like I didn't learn it wasn't okay to like punch people in the balls until I was like six. Uh, so uh, I can blame my uncles for a lot of that, but like some of it has to come from me. Like <laughs> some of that has to come from me. But at the same time, I'm gonna get to convince them all the little kids to punch other people in the balls. So like I guess I can see where the cycle continues. I can so yay, but you know unfortunately they are devil spawn. Um, Let's see. What do you know more about any uh, more about than anyone else? Uh, these days, it seems I know a lot more about cuckold porn than a lot of my friends. Because uh, <laughs> uh, anyone ever gets into the conversation, I like start throwing out terms and stuff, and guys are just like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> and then just like, oh, you guys don't, oh, never mind. <laughs> no, uh, there's that. Um, definitely wrestling. I haven't found anyone else to talk about with recently that is really as much into wrestling as I am, which is unfortunate because uh, to really understand where we got to in this as a country, you have to watch uh, Donald Trump's whole stint in the WWE back what, 10, 15 years ago. Keith knows what I'm talking about. It was fucking amazing. And you got to watch two billionaires challenge, like, use wrestlers like they were play toys to, like, challenge each other. Like, my wrestler could beat your wrestler. And it was like, oh, yeah, what happens if mine beat yours? Uh, I get to shave your head. And that was the contest that they had. And Donald Trump, of course, did not lose, but Vince McMahon did. So you got to watch Vince McMahon, a billionaire CEO of a publicly traded company, <laughs> get held down by the Texas rattlesnake Stone Cold Steve Austin and get his head shaved by him and Donald Trump. It was, and then we elected him, like 10 or 15 years later, we elected him president. Uh, I think that's just tremendous. Uh, really gives me tremendous hope, of course, that as we all know, 2020, 2024, we're gonna have The Rock running as president. And then we're gonna have, no one's gonna be able to debate The Rock. It's. He's going to be up there, like, you know, he's going to pull all the old rock lines out. It's going to be like when Arnold Schwarzenegger was running for governor, and everyone, every time he said, I'll be back, we're like, you're in, man. You're fucking in. Like, this is a shoe one. Why are we having an election right now? Uh, <laughs> uh, I just can't wait for that debate. It's going to be, what are they going to do, the fucking line? Like, it's going to go, but I don't know. That's just what I think, Senator. Uh, what do you think? Like, it doesn't matter what you think. He's going to pull up that line, and that debate's going to be over. That's going to be on the first question, okay? Uh, it's going to be, when he finally gets in, it's going to be, can you smell the legislation cooking on the Cong Congress floor, guys? That's really got some <laughs> tremendous, tremendous stuff we're putting forward in there. All right, we'll move on from that. I just got excited there a little bit. Uh, why your parents aren't proud of you? Uh, my dad gave in his uh, retirement speech, he said, uh, yeah, every single cunny male since coming to America has worked for the city of San Francisco, except for my son, Marty. <laughs> 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 I was like, Is, I can't tell if that was supposed to be a compliment or not, but it sure didn't sound like one to this room full of firemen and cops. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, it is true, though. I am the first... Uh, the first non-cop or fireman in my family since we came to America, uh, which is pretty fun. Uh, 
And I'm pretty sure my parents know it's because I'm the only one who wants to like keep doing drugs after 30. Uh, <laughs> and so that like became like readily apparent to them the first time I went to Burning Man. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> we get it now. All right. Uh, 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 the last one night stand. Ooh. I don't even remember because I'm just such a good guy. I always call him back. No. Uh, what is the last one night stand I had? Um, it's really pretty, pretty straightforward. Uh, 69 to girl till she threw up on my dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, general stuff, uh, classic stuff. I don't know. I mean, what? How did your life one out? I don't know. I didn't. It wasn't like I didn't like blame her for it. I appreciated the uh, enthusiasm, but it was just like I can't like continue this now. Like that's that's a first impression that's hard to literally hard to wash off. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> All right, are we merely are we merely a simulacrum? Does anybody want to clue me in? Simulacrum. Okay, so you're gonna have to go ahead and tell me what this means. Are we all robots that seem human? Somebody was has somebody been watching a little too much Westworld? Uh, <laughs> somebody has been watching a little too much Westworld. I kind of hope so. Um, because I don't know it. It would explain all like the breaking down of all my joints and everything. Uh, that would that would be like, oh, I d he just need to get some oil in there. Uh, not you know, a fifth of Jameson a night. That's not the oil that I need. It's, but if I start drinking actual oil, I don't think that's really gonna help either. That's not a chance I'm willing to take. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Last pull. <laughs> Are you picky? <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> um, I don't know. Am I picky? I would say that uh, I have a, a line I don't cross, but it's it's kind of hard to see because it's been on the field for a while and I haven't freshened it up. It's like when you you know you go to play on like community park, you can kind of see where the line is, and so no one knows when it's really. Every once in a while, you'll see and be like, oh, you're out. You're like, ah, you're right. That's my line. It's like sometimes I don't know I'm way over it until I'm actually looking for it. And uh, yeah, I think I'll leave it with that. I think that's, that really says a lot about me. Thanks so much, guys. The hat is hell. When I wrote that one, I was thinking more about food, but clearly you were thinking about sex, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. That's fine. I think I fixed that a little bit better. Uh, your next comedian, up to brave the hat, is one of the favorite favorite comedians in the entire Bay Area. It's a real treat to see him for you guys. Treat every time I get to see him. Clap your hands wildly for Joey Avery. <laughs> Thank you, Pam, fellow UCSD grad. Yeah. Go Tritons! <laughs> no one gives a fuck. Uh, did we have a real team? We had several. We had we had water polo was very strong. I uh, 
We had a baseball team. I thought I was going to go play baseball there. That's like why I went to the school. And then they were like, yeah, you're small. And I was like, fuck you, dude. Um, and that's, uh, that's how my athletic career ended. But you know what? My athletic career has never ended. Because I throw leg kicks every night. Um, all right. Why are you feeling these feelings? <laughs> that's a, it's a good question. Um, why am I feeling these feelings? Well, right now, probably uh, red wine and weed are the reasons that I feel this way. Uh, and holy shit, are you asleep? Yeah, <laughs> the way you're sitting, you look like you're like in a chrysalis. You look like a an insect that is returning to a different life. Uh, looks like we've both dabbled in the same things today. Um, the feelings that I'm feeling right now, I feel great. I feel fantastic. I think most of that is probably. I think this Hawaiian shirt is probably mainlining into my body right now. I think that if, if you put a Hawaiian shirt on bare skin, it's it's like an acid tab, and it just kind of like soaks in, and you become riddled with the spirit of aloha. Uh, and that's that's what you want, because the aloha spirit means I'm basically a tropical drink right now. If it was if it was raining, I would just I would just use my tiny umbrella, and I'd be fucking set. I'm living life. Inside of a pineapple. I am SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> that is who I am. I am SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, and I live in a pineapple under the sea. Yo! All right. Uh, did you did you guys watch that show? It's a good program. I feel like animated shows get to do way more crazy shit. Like if you're writing for a kid, you're like, ah, their imagination's crazy. Let's get all the drug references going. <laughs> Um, if you're an adult, it's like, oh, let's talk politics. I'm fucking boring. Um, were berets even cool? That's a good question. Um, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say berets were cool because anytime someone has like one of those long cigarettes, uh, it is cool. And if you're wearing a beret, you have to be smoking a cigarette. Or, or, or a paintbrush. That is acceptable as well, but you have to be mixing it on one of those the stereotypical palettes. I wish I was a painter. You ever think about, I, I just wish I was better at visual art. I suck at it, but I feel like if I was, I could be very pretentious, and that's, that's what I want. I want, uh, you know, I want, I want to be classy. I could have a little, uh, little fucking turtleneck, and I could tell people that they just don't understand my art. You know, but in comedy, if uh, people don't understand your, your art, you're just standing in a quiet room and uh, no one believes you. But if you're in an art gallery, it's like, oh, yes, well, most people pay $10,000 for this. You can eat my fucking balls. And that's what I would say if I was a painter. And that's why I'll never be in the Smithsonian. <laughs> I could paint Barack Obama coming out of a bunch of leaves. I could <laughs> <laughs> I could do it. No, I couldn't. I really couldn't. Seems hard, but I could. I could have photoshopped that. I, you know, looked pretty fucking cool though. I liked it. Um, did anyone see the Hannibal Burris Photoshop of that? Because that was hilarious too. Um, do you care about the World Cup? Yes, I do. I care a lot because I can only care about soccer a tiny amount. And that amount is once every four years. Uh, 
And when I care, I fucking care. And I will watch Ecuador and be like, fuck yeah, Ecuador, that's my shit. And then, you know, I, then I don't care again. Because um, that is the American way. When we can extract resources or fun, we care about your country. Um, and otherwise, you know, call me later. Uh, I, was, I just came from watching women's downhill skiing. So that should give you an idea of where my mind's at with sports. <laughs> you know? <laughs> is it popping right now? Uh, if Bob Costas is going to stand on NBC and be like, this is historic, this is unbelievable, I'll be like, yeah, he's probably right. And then I'll fucking watch it. I don't give a shit about figure skating, but if you tell me it's the biggest moment in this young man and woman's career, I'll watch that. Because sports are basically just reality TV for boys. You know? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, people are hitting each other. This is football, of course, not figure skating. Although, God damn it, would I watch figure... Uh, that's just hockey. <laughs> that's just hockey. Um, <laughs> and that's one of my favorite sports. So I think I really got to the bottom of that quickly. Um, but it is. Like, I watch SportsCenter and... And then if someone's watching, like, E! News, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, all right? <laughs> These people don't care about you, but I believe in LeBron James' athleticism. <laughs> like, <laughs> we get into the storylines. I know who Tom Brady's wife is. It's basically People Magazine, you know? It's just freaking testosterone up, so it's super chill. Because that's, that, that's how that works. That's why I go to the gym. Get fucking get that testosterone going. Boom. Tell us about drugs. I don't think that I need to. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I've been to mutiny radio. <laughs> I know how I know how it goes around here. Um drugs are cool. That's that's what they okay. don't always tell you, but in moderation. <laughs> I like Pam. What's your favorite drug? Weed. Yeah, that actually makes sense. That's how I got paid tonight. Uh, <laughs> allegedly, internet. That doesn't. That doesn't matter. I would say that. N what? It's legal. Exactly. It's yeah. It's kind of legal. Uh, there's. <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> not all drugs are created equally. And I think people get that because some drugs can be very good for you if you do them correctly. And some, you know, like, you know, like, uh, Coke is really fun. It's in no way ever helps you. You know, <laughs> like, it's never a good, you never wake up, you do like Coke two days in a row and you get hammered and you wake up and you're like, get back to work. I'm ready for the week. <laughs> you're literally like, man, I haven't like felt the depths of my soul like this in so long. <laughs> I'm, like, not a depressed person, but I have made myself depressed by my own choices. <laughs> there will be, like, days of the week where I'm like, oh, fuck, man, life's not worth it. Like, we're all going to die anyway. And then I, like, four days later, I'm like, I still know that, but I've always known that. I'm just not sad right now, like, chemically. Um, but then you could also take, like, mushrooms and be like, oh, shit, maybe there is a God, and this is worth it. And so there you go. And that's why I recommend if you're going to do drugs, you should always make sure to put them up your butt. Because <laughs> you need to know what you're working with, you know? You want to numb the system, get a little butt chug going, do your thing. All right. <laughs>
What do you do when you find a hair in your food? That's a good question, and I actually take pride in this. I fucking pull it out, and I eat my food like a fucking person. I don't give a shit. Unless it's my mom, then I beat the shit out of her, dude, because I don't play that shit. Barbara, get that fucking hair out of my food, you old woman. Um, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, like, if it's, if it's egregious or, like, if this, you know, the server is mean to me or I just hate the restaurant, but if it's, like, everyone's doing their best and, you know, hair falls out, yeah, whatever. I sit, I mean, I sulk quietly. I'm very upset. Uh, I, <laughs> I go on Yelp and I destroy them. I light them up. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I, it doesn't bother me that much, but I think part of that's because... I really do hate asking for things. Like, like if I go to a restaurant and they put me at the worst table and someone's like, should we move? I'm like, I don't know. I think they hate us. <laughs> like, I don't know why I'm like that. I have friends that are like, I, I wish I was more, like, I have friends that just go in and boom, they just get everything done. They set everything up nice. I just, if I'm like with a customer service person, I'm like, oh, yes, thank you very much. I don't, yeah, their jobs suck. I feel good about it. Um... <laughs> Babies are dumb. True dat. Uh, that's that's the point of a baby um, is that uh, they're dumb and that you can – it's like a blank canvas. And I think what parenting is is you take all of, like, your hopes and dreams that didn't work out and you cram them down the throat of that child and you hope that it becomes what you could not. At least that's what I learned from all of my Little League coaches. Because that is how they treated their kids, and it was very uncomfortable, and I hated it. Um, my parents, I think, did a better job, but those guys really were like, my son's going to fucking play for the Orioles. And I was like, dude, he's nine years old. I'm thinking of someone very specific. Um, it's Michael Leonard. All right. Uh, that is his real name. Hopefully he doesn't listen to Mutiny Radio. Uh, or maybe he should. But babies are dumb, yes. But, you know, I'll eventually, I think I'll have one. Because I like to fuck. <laughs> and I hate condoms. <laughs> so it's going to happen. Um, all right. That's just last pull. Hell yeah. Last time I pull out, Pam. There it is. Uh, this is the first political one yet. Dot, dot, dot. Speaking of blank canvases, <laughs> that's like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know where to take that. Um, I, think, I think it's a funny time in politics because uh, as a comedian, everyone comes up to you and they're like, you must be getting all this material. I mean, Donald Trump, right? And that's like, well, it's hard because he's clearly an idiot. So I don't have like a hot take on that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to, like, make political comedy great again because I don't want to be saying the same shit that everyone else is saying. And it's very hard. That's why I feel like a lot of comics are going and they're just, like, giving up and being like, I'll just make fun of the left because they're being fucking crazy. Because if I went up here and I was like, Donald Trump, that guy's a real fucking piece of work, huh? You guys would be like, yeah, I'll just watch the news. I don't need you to fucking tell me that. Preaching to the choir is like the most boring thing ever, which is what makes it hard in comedy right now because there's nothing else to say. 
Aside from the fact that I hope we don't all die. Um, I <laughs> but I think it's cool that we have a president that, uh, that fucks. You know, he gets out there and, you know, he gets it in. And that, I, all right. Um, <laughs> trying, to, trying to come up with something. He fucked a porn star while he's married to, like, his third wife. And the evangelical voting block is like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Which I think is the dawning of the greatest party in American political history. So everybody get your dick wet. That's my time. Thank you very much. <laughs> I know I've been thinking about Melania and porn stars. I've never thought more about porn stars than in this past week because I've never been a porn watcher or anything. Like, just not into it. Didn't even know who the Stormy Daniels girl was. Didn't even know. I learned, I learned through comedy what was really happening. And then I realized that that's how we can, we in San Francisco, we can do our part and we can overtake the presidency. And what we need to do is we need an army of porn stars. And so what I need <laughs> is some sex workers from kink.com. <laughs> We're going to get together. And it's going to be like a sting operation, like a massive sting operation, like 50 undercover porn stars with, like, cameras. And they're all like, yeah, and they all go up to the president, I want to suck your dick, I want to suck your dick. And they've got, like, a camera, and they're like, tell me about all the bad things you've done. And then they all, wouldn't it be fun? We could compile all the footage together. But the whole point would be that there would be army of porn stars. It's going to be like a new, kink.com will become a 501c3 political party. It'll be really exciting. It'll be like, sex workers finally did something. I mean, besides working for everybody and sucking all their dicks and everything. <laughs> sex workers are great. I mean, anyway, okay. I don't want to disparage any sex workers in the making of this joke, honestly. Your next comedian, I learned so much this week in an interview with him and some call me Tim. He's so philosophical. He taught me that, like, I asked him about higher powers, and he was like, yeah, there's higher powers, like, gravity's a higher power and like radiation's a higher power and like fucking thinking about it he's exactly right like explain that shit that's magic or we could call it god uh, put your hands together everybody for keith d'souza yeah. all right good to be here on the hell hat sounds like an acdc song doesn't it hell hat Louis C.K. was right? What the fuck? <laughs> Do you care about the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival? <laughs> That's literally what this says. I, I got a story about the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Um, the first year of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, Pam, uh, uh, I see Pam at a mic here. Uh, she goes, hey, uh, you know, we're doing a comedy festival here at Mutiny Radio. Um, uh, you, you should apply to it. I'm like, oh. You know, I, I've known Pam five, six years at this point. Like, uh, uh, do I really need to apply to it, Pam? Can we, you know, you've, you've seen my set before, you know. She's like, no, 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 everyone has to apply. I'm like, all right, all right, yeah, that's, it's just a formality, right? So <laughs> I go to the website. I, I apply to be a, a comedian in the Mutiny Radio, the first ever Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Uh, cut to a month later, I get a rejection email <laughs> from <the laughs> Mutiny Radio comedy festival it's like I don't my ego doesn't need that you know what I mean like I have friends of mine who are on TV and I'm getting rejected from a comedy festival I didn't even know existed you know what I mean so yeah I do care about the mutiny radio comedy festival 
And someday, God damn it, I'm gonna be on it. <laughs> School shootings, what the fuck? <laughs> Which is worse, emoji movie or sausage party? That uh I like sausage party. I'm a sucker for Seth Rogen. I got his phone number. Yeah, you want, you, you want to call him? <laughs> Put it on the old speakerphone here. See, where is it? And emoji movies, by the way, if you're a dude, don't send emoji. My fucking iPhone recommends emojis. It's like, I'm not a prepubescent girl here. I'm trying to get laid. Don't... That's, because that's a turnoff, right? As a woman, you get a... Where's the sound come from? Seth Rogen's phone number, all right? Oh, my God! Hey, Seth Rogen, it's Keith D, man. Uh, we're at the Mutiny Radio Show. Call us back, all right? You'll be a caller. All right. That guy fucking never answers his phone. Dipping in the hell hat. <laughs> my favorite song right now, my favorite song right now is Hell Hat by ACDC. <laughs> Talking about that hell hat. Da, da, da. We gonna trim all that fat. Da, da. That sounds like an ACDC song, right? My favorite cuss. D-U-S-S, cuss. That's a good question, isn't it? The N word, the C word. What is, what is the best? I would say cock smoker. <laughs> that's that's my go-to. Some may say it's homophobic. I, I think it brings an imagery. Actually, smoking a cock, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You got cum smoke just coming out of your mouth. <laughs> My cat is better than your mom. How was that? How, how was that? Background toilet. <laughs> God forbid anybody has to take a shit. You know what I mean? Everybody's going to know it. My cat is better than your mom. I didn't come out of that pussy, all right? Uh, oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> hey, hey, well, you know those people? There were like three people who came in here. Did you know them? They were your friends. Yeah. And then they, uh, what? I didn't know we had to pay to be here, right? No, they couldn't drink. Goddamn pigs, all right? You guys aren't undercover cops, are you? Are there any undercover cops here? 
You gotta, you gotta tell me if you are. <laughs> That's, yeah, we, we can't drink here because uh, an undercover cop came here one time. And now we're losing fucking audience members. This place would be full. And now it's at 40% capacity. Cat is better than your mom. You know what? If your mom is an undercover cop, <laughs> that get him fucking spayed, okay? Don't spread that demon semen. This is not even English. Plus, okay. I can't read Sanskrit, goddammit. I'll read the back of it. Ever tried it? Thomas muttered, smiling. You couldn't swim until you were. That's it. I didn't write it. I didn't write that, all right? Am I picking too many, fam? There's enough, right? Oh, there's plenty. Look at all these here. Why is bowling a sport? Because fat, drunk people need to feel like they're an athlete sometimes, all right? <laughs> I, so I can brag about my sporting accomplishments. You guys bowlers? What's your highest? What's the highest bowling score here? 173. Anybody beat that? No, fucking exactly. <laughs> the LeBron James of amateur bowling, goddammit. Yeah. This isn't even what I'm good at. I you should see me bowling. <laughs> I'm getting pregnant, so you can all drop dead. I feel there's like there's a lot of like child theme ones here. Oh, welcome to Mutiny Radio. How's it going? It could be better? Jesus, I, just give me a chance here, lady. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't even heard me tell a joke here. You know what this show is, the theme of this show? It's uh, improv-based. So the last prompt I got, I'm getting pregnant so you can all drop dead. Especially that fetus. You know what I'm saying? I'm pro-abortion here. <laughs> Who's pro-abortion? Yeah. What, you're not? You're not? Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> what makes you tick? What makes me tick? Fucking tick-tock clocks when I'm trying to sleep, all right? You're trying to sleep, you hear a clock every fucking second ticking. Now, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm not, I should have been more creative, but you know. <laughs> you're like, well, that's just the first thing you thought of, <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> what makes you tick? Oh, the clock that ticks? You're just doing word association and trying to pass that off as quality entertainment? I pay 10 bucks to be here, you fucking asshole. But I don't like them. I don't like tick clocks. Also police officers, all right? 
You know what is even worse than police o- police dogs? That shit is animal cruelty, all right? The dog shouldn't be having to work. You're going to give a dog a job? That's a slave, all right? I talk at length about the... <laughs> what makes you tick? I could do my whole act, <laughs> my stand-up comedy act. It's just shit that makes me tick. I'll tell you about school shootings. My favorite myth, that voting does anything. That's, you know, anytime you get hopeful about politics, oh, man, that Bernie Sanders, he can actually change. No, he's not. That shit is never, how old are you? Shouldn't you know by now? Don't ever get your hopes behind politics. Also, credit scores aren't a real number, all right? (laughs) Credit scores are an imaginary fucking number. Oh, what, I can't buy a house or start a business? Oh, no, I was totally going to do that. (laughs) Fuck you. I'm going for the world's lowest credit score. You know what I'm saying? Those creditors call you, just fuck with them. It's one of my joys in life. Spill coffee on new white shirt. Yeah, spill coffee all over those whiteies, all right? All the coffee, all the coffee that those white shirts spilled on us all those years. Yeah, that's what's called a metaphor, you fucking people. Earlier with that TikTok clock thing, you're all, this guy's an idiot. Well, how about that? I created a metaphor for white shirts applying to race politics. Where were you (laughs) when the white shirts spilled their coffee on our nation? Where were you when the Haynes Company espresso? Okay, all right. I I had a good time. Had a wonderful time. Let's uh, let's give it up for the troops. Come on, mix master troops. Besting the hell hat. Uh, your next comedian, he's my, one of my favorite old mans and my second favorite ginger. Uh, it's, he's like, it's, no, I'm sorry. There's, uh, he's my first favorite ginger, obviously. Well, I like Max Eddie a lot right now. But you're my, I mean, <laughs> and we've got Ralph Scar in the room, too. We have a lot of gingers today. Uh, hey, your next comedian, he's also on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Put your hands together for Matthew Quirk. Yay! <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Keith, I too was snubbed once by the Pamtastic Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, and it left a scar on my soul. But you know, I'm not <clears throat> I'm not dwelling on it. Deep into the hat. What are you on a scale from one to ten? Well, I'm under 5'9", I know that, on a scale of (laughs) 1 to 10. 
So I'm like half, I guess. Five. Like a five-five. Don't read too much into that. I mean, amongst gingers, I'm like... On short guys, like among short guys, I gotta be like a 10 among short guys. But bald guys, bald guys are like bald and virile guys. I'm just like losing a little bit. Not one of them. The best grilled cheese. I actually don't really eat a lot of grilled cheese, so I really have nothing to say on that for a funnier comment. Free, be truly free. There's a lot of feeling in that one. I feel one of the hippier people wrote that. Is, is, this, is this like an act out? Free, be truly free. Is that a commercial for one of those pills that you take? Could be for anything, really. Bladder control, I guess. I'd like to be free, but I live in San Francisco. As you know, hell of expensive here. I'm not gonna fuck with that. Free, be truly free. <laughs> I'm free from this microphone stand. Can you whistle? Who can whistle here? That was from our seafaring days when I was used to roam the seven seas, catching cod. Those were the days. Not like you landlubbers, right? <laughs> Did you eat Play-Doh or paste as a kid? Both. I mean, I, I, I grew up in the 70s. That stuff was like nutritious back then. Totally edible. But my gut bacteria is like, can eat bones and just digest them. Who didn't eat Play-Doh and paste as a kid? You didn't? Girls, girls didn't. The girls didn't. The girls didn't. This is part of every boy's diet growing up. And it was Elmer's glue, not paste. I didn't eat paste. That's like classier stuff. I ate like the generic you know, six-pack Elmer's glue. Calcium, I think, is in that, actually. I, uh, I gotta say, I don't actually recall the taste. It's probably pretty bland. I'm sure I just did it to impress a girl. Did it work? <laughs> no possible help. The worst sound? Oh, God, I know the worst sound. I know the worst sound. See, I work in plumbing, and uh, we were doing the stacks outside of an apartment building. Stack is like where all of your human effluence comes down and goes into the main sewer system underground. So it's that <coughs> big pipe out of the air. We were fixing it, right? Replacing it. We put signs on everyone's door. Hey, the plumbers are working here. You know, don't flush the toilet. 
We're working there. And we heard this gurgle. This gurgle that could have only meant one thing. And we were just trapped under there. I mean, not 100% trapped. Luckily, most plumbers are big dudes, but we were two slender gentlemen. So we just got like thin as a motherfucking, thinner than, like, thinner than this thing. Just got as thin as fucking possible. Let that shit splash all over the place. And that guy ate a lot of burritos and did not chew. Yeah. So that was just like, hose it down and we're done for the day. Anyone got any, can compete with that? Anything? <laughs> Nothing? Anyone's, what's in second place, right? That's the worst. Day you found Jesus. I never found Jesus. I found a motherfucking Jesus a bunch of times, though. I found hella Jesuses. See, I work in plumbing, it's construction. There's a lot of. Which always made me wonder about Trump. Like, he claimed to work in construction, and then he's like, you know, those Mexicans. And, like, who the fucking construction makes fun of the Aztecs and the fucking Mayans, right? I mean, he obviously never been to a job site because there's a lot of fucking Mexicans there. Are you afraid of heights? Yeah, I'm totally afraid of heights. Who is it? You're not afraid of heights? What do you do, roofing? (laughs) Are you like Rosie the Riveter doing skyscrapers or something? You're just not afraid of heights at a desk job. That's like a marketable skill. VR? That's VR. I'm talking about heights where you could actually (laughs) fall and break your ass. Where you get all that vertigo and shit. Heights. Yeah, so it's a good thing I was short, right? Afraid of heights. If I was tall, I'd be falling all the time. Is that why tall people fall all the time? I do not trust skinny cooks. I don't believe in that. How's that supposed to be funny? Not trust skinny cooks. Seems valid, right? They get exercise or they have metabolisms or something. They don't have to be fat. Are you guys like that? Are you guys sizists? <laughs> All judgy because the cook's not fat? Or be true to yourself. My pants are too tight. Hell no, man. I don't like tight pants, skinny jeans, all that shit. I don't get it. How do you move around? It makes my package look bigger? Honey, I'm up here. I'm up here. (laughs) Makes my package look bigger. It would scrunch it all up. And I, I need generous use of pocket. Like skinny jeans, no way. I used to have a fanny pack so I could carry stuff around it, but the zipper broke. 
I was famous for my fanny pack. Renowned, even. And now without that, I got to carry everything in my pocket. So skinny jeans are just out. Nice pull. This one has an emoji on it. My friend Totoro. Is that like a... Totoro. So more Japanese. <laughs> Totoro. So I'm not into this shit, man. I, I grew up when, like, Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Bell Blank, exactly. Yosemite Sam. People have accused me of being Yosemite Sam, but, by the way, they said that in the thing. They used to, yeah, I used to play on this rugby team, and when I, I would get fiery sometimes. And that to make fun of me, they would go like, <laughs> Like, like I was being, like I was being the most angry thing possible. Like, yeah, Maddie, I'm all mad. <laughs> that was, that was, that's my cartoon reference. I don't know, no, Totoro. All right, that's it for me, Beauty Radio. Sayonara. <laughs> Not know who my friend Totoro is. All right, that's I learned things. It's this, it's this big fluffy thing, and there's this little girl, and her mom is sick, and it's a really good movie. And it's a big fuzzy creature that's like better than a cat. And there's a cat bus in that movie. The cat bus is the best part of it all. Uh, well, I'll sh- we'll, sh- we'll watch it sometime. We'll show it on the wall there. It'll be excited. Uh, your next comedian. I'm excited to see what she does with the hell hat. Put your hands together, everybody, for Jean Yi. <laughs> about me that screams death metal. Actually, was that death metal? You would know. You seem to know everything. No. Were you the one who knew what Totoro was? Uh, yeah. So a creature, a cartoon creature that showed emotion, like an emoji, right, Sam? Sam, Pam. That was really weird. <laughs> Must be the contact high that I got from just touching the edible that I allegedly was paid in. <laughs> So I regret not um, not applying for this job. Really, but I hear you get rejected the first year. <laughs> so, so maybe. Oh no! The worst thing about SF now. How am I supposed to make that funny? Maybe if I just stand here awkwardly. <laughs> The worst thing about SF now is that I was mistaken for a Tinder date today. <laughs> I was. Um, I walked. To, I was at an open mic before this, before this open, before this, and a guy walks into the bar and he's like, "Are you Jessa?" <laughs> I was like, "No," and he kind of snorts and keeps walking. And I was like, "I could be a Jessa." <laughs> It's possible. And then he walks to the other Asian in the bar. <laughs> and she was Jessa. And then they sat in the front row, and then I tried to make fun of them, and it didn't work out very well, so now I'm here. <laughs> Not real. You would never. Real. I just <laughs> <laughs> How many years? Two years, okay. Three years, no 
one year. What kind of animal is this? How did you know that? Do you know your furs? No, I'm just is that okay to do here? I'm not, I'm not sure if it's a, it'd be worse if I had like a beer because then the undercover cops would like, but um, how's that for improvisational comedy, guys? Because now I'm afraid of it. What I wish my nickname was. Uh, my nickname actually is uh, my parents, when I got to kindergarten, decided white people cannot handle your Chinese name, Shiznit. <laughs> <laughs> so they decided to name me Jane. First day of school, dad fills out the form, spells Jane wrong. <laughs> 30 years later, still Jane. <laughs> Like messing up my name for my entire life, nah, that's okay. <laughs> it could have been serious. Like I'm really allergic to penicillin. Uh, my throat swells up, I can't breathe. Why is that so funny, Mr. Cashbox? <laughs> There's always one person in the audience who like, oh, you guys, that was, that was not improvisational. That's okay though, I gotta get laughs somehow. So <laughs> There's always one person who thinks that like my deathly allergy to penicillin is funny. It is kind of funny. That's the worst thing about SF, <laughs> my allergy to penicillin. My throat swells up and I can't breathe. More importantly, I can't eat uh, chocolate and, uh, or edibles. <laughs> so like, what if I had to go to the hospital? Oh, good timing, dude. Okay, I'm the only one who thought that was good timing. So <laughs> what if I had to go to the hospital and my dad had to fill out the form allergic to penicillin? I'd get to the operating room, the doctor would be like, wait. Clear the room of pencils. No, penicillin pencils, no, no, damn it. <laughs> the best joke is the one you have to explain. <laughs> Let's get uh, Jen on the operating table. Use a short table, she's two foot five. And while you're at it, can you give her the white people eyelids? The entire spectrum. <laughs> Pam laughs and you sigh. <laughs> oh, that, okay, let's move away from Island. Island's works outside of San Francisco. Oh my God, did you empty the cash bucket? Use my hand later and try to. The scariest robot future sequence. I. Nah. Was it Robocop? <laughs> what do you want to change about yourself? Oh, I'm already comfortable. I could just five pounds. No, <laughs> no, like I think I don't have terrible self-esteem. Um, I'm like a four, like four point two six. But I do have a vajayjay. It's always fun to watch reactions to this. <laughs> That's the second slow clap I've gotten for that one. <laughs> slow clap for JJ. So sometimes I have to bat away a dick. Mostly figuratively. <laughs> but
But like, I'm a four. Can you imagine being a ten? Be like working the speed bag at a boxing gym. Well, hello, welcome. Hi, you guys just missed my dick joke. That's okay, plenty more to come. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is what I think when my mom talks to me. Uh, you guys, I just moved back from Hong Kong. I grew up somewhere much more glamorous, Fremont. <laughs> I just moved in with my mom. My mom likes to tell me the best things. Like when you were a kid, so ugly. He's <laughs> like, she, and this is true. This is all true, you guys. Comedy is tragedy plus time or not enough time. So he's like, so ugly. You're dark skinned. Oh, racist Chinese. Okay. Dark skinned, skinny, and so dry. So I was dark skinned, skinny, and dry. Like, what did she want? A light skinned, fat, moist kid? <laughs> okay, to say now, you look normal. Almost. <laughs> yeah, she does that. She's like, thank God you turned out kind of normal. <laughs> like, you were such an ugly kid. Oh, great. Thanks, Mom. She also likes to say, what does she say? Um, I'm a teacher. Hashtag failed Asian. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I used to have favored child status. Like, between me and my brother, I used to be like Canada. <laughs> Now I'm like North Korea, <laughs> full of hot air, probably need an updated haircut. But my mom, like, she's like, but your brother, real Asian, work for tech company. <laughs> and so tall, five foot four. <laughs> There's someone who really likes that one. Which app do I need to delete? Tinder, because I'm not Jessa. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> Want to know every thought I had today? No. <laughs> Don't want to know every thought that I had today. Did I have any fun thoughts today? <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Oh, this is a great one, Pam. Live, laugh, and love. And let that show you that Pam is a writing, has a master's in creative writing. <laughs> is that alliteration? Do you see that, bitches? Live, laugh, and love. Don't fuck with this guy. Have a nice night, MG. Oh. <laughs> I actually wrote that one down to make fun of those people. I was hoping that someone would be like, live, laugh, love, fuck that fucking book. That woman does is, I'm 40 and I'm gonna go figure out my life in Italy and then in, in India and wherever else the fuck she went because she had money. Fuck you. Go to India. Guy can't even afford to go to Daly City on the BART. That's like six bucks. Come to my open mic in Daly City. Fuck you. I don't have six bucks. I'm they give you this a 50 cent now thing on the card. You swipe the card and now you gotta get, they're like, we wanna track you on that weird little clipper card, so don't use these. But maybe it has something to do with that universe. I don't know. Maybe those little BART cards are ruining the environment and it's like all this weird magnetic stuff. 
your next comedian will know because he works for Greenpeace. <laughs> and I don't know what, I don't even know what the bad things in the world are. Uh, but we're going to find out. He's a hilarious guy. You guys are going to love him. Put your hands together for Rolf Scar. Thank you, Pam. I got the hat. It's like a uh, fucked up stoner trivial pursuit game or something. You ever played the old school one? I like the old blue one. All the rest of the versions after that, the trivial pursuit, no way. I was looking for the science and nature because I'm good at that. Come on, give me a green. <laughs> give me a green. Something about frogs. I can nail it. All right, this is going to be my favorite nonsense word. Oh, okay, my favorite nonsense word. Uh, I'm, uh, I made one up. It's bullshit and uh, malarkey put together. I call it bullarkey because I think it's like a double hit when I hear something that's stupid. I say, that's a bunch of bullarkey. And it, you can alliterate with it. It's a bunch of bullarkey. And you don't have to curse. You don't have to say bullshit in front of children. So that's <laughs> my favorite nonsense word right there currently. I also like to, uh, it, I'm an atheist, so instead of saying holy smokes, I just drop the holy part. And I just go, smokes! And uh, <laughs> you should try it because somehow it hits a little harder. It's just, you know, because you get right to it. Like, holy smokes, that sounds dumb. But like, smokes! Like that is, it actually gets people's attention. They're like, is there fire? Is there smoke? What's going on? So, you can use that one. I want to spread that one around. We don't have to, we don't have to bring God into that. Okay. Are you still a shit talker? Oh my. Yeah, I got to dial it back a little bit sometimes. You know what I mean? Shit talking is, but I think it's, it's cheap. It's too easy, shit talk. At work or whatever, you know? You're like, oh, the boss is this and that and that. I think shit talking is uh, good in sports, you know? And in social circles, but you got to leave it out of the professional, professional realm. Let me go to the bottom. I think that's where some good ones are. Every Ming flashes for a season. Just help me out with that. <laughs> My fault for going to the bottom. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm in favor of flashers. I think I just admire their their the chutzpah, you know, of flashing. I, I I don't do it myself, but I'm figuring if you're gonna run out onto that golf course, do you see that the waste management golf tournament? It was somewhere in Arizona. The only reason I know this is because I went to Arizona a couple days later, and they were still talking about it. Waste Management is the biggest trash company like in the world, and they have a golf tournament. And golf tournament is what you think if the biggest trash company had a golf tournament. It's chaos. And this dude just buck naked, because usually golf is like, shh, quiet, you know, and everything's quiet, and everyone's like talking in hushed tones. But this is just like, woo, it's a big party. And this naked guy ran out onto the golf course, and there was no security. So he just like rolled around for a while, <laughs> and then it was pretty funny. It'd be funnier than this show. He's like, uh, he practices putt, but he didn't have a club or anything. He was just out there nude, and uh, people filming it were like, "Where's the security? Where's the security?" But they're like, also, this is gonna be great video for my Instagram feed. Out <coughs> of that, drag queens are awesome, is what it says. Yeah, I think so. I did a comedy show one time in a uh, drag bar. I don't think it exists anymore. It was in the Tenderloin, and it was super fun. But uh, the last thing I remember was being mostly nude, uh, speaking of flashing, outside smoking hash with a lot of folks. And uh, I don't know what happened after that. But the, but <laughs> the audience was great. Uh, the participant, you know, because listen, I mean, folks uh, need to do what they want to do. And I think the more people embrace whatever freaking, uh, the better. Call your mom. Oh, man. Right now? She's sleeping probably. 
my mom is great, though. Uh, my mom is Norwegian. She came from a shithole country. Uh, <laughs> it was a shithole. And then they got oil, and then they got smart, and they nationalized that shit. Instead of giving all the profits to Exxon, they put it into like education and healthcare and stuff like that. But it was a shithole when she was there. So she moved over to the United States, married my dad. Her name's Runa, R-U-N-A. And then later when she grew up, she realized um, that she was a lesbian, and she hung out with this other woman who also moved over when Norway was a shithole country, uh, who's also named Runa, and now they're both married. And it's beautiful. Uh, and she's still not a U.S. citizen. My mom's kind of a hero. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's pretty great. Anyway, she could, I could tell you more about my mom, uh, and I'll call her tomorrow. Thanks for the reminder, Pam. <laughs> All right. Scariest thing right now? Audience participate. What's the scariest thing right now? Okay, I thought you'd say that. Says Trump again. Anyone uh, not... Is that not the scariest thing for somebody? God damn it. All right, we got Trump, Trump, Trump. I think uh, on, a, on a personal level, uh, scariest thing is just decision making in general. You know, you, you ever have that? Just sort of like, I had that moment where uh, I, was, I was doing laundry and I was trying to figure out like, can I put the colors in with the, with the light colors and then put my towel in? Like, I got paralyzed for a second there. And the scariest thing, because sometimes when you put the towels in with the socks, the, the little pieces come off and they stick to the socks. And the, Anyway, it's not a big deal, but it was scary that I got fucking paralyzed by that. And I thought, decision making is only going to get worse as time goes on and I get older and older. All right. Uh, <laughs> abortion's cool. I felt like we had one earlier that was like that, Pam. Uh, abortion's cool. Uh, listen, for people that uh, you know, oppose abortion, uh, I want to talk to them about this when we're in line, you know? Well, like when you're in the TSA line or you're waiting to get into the ballpark or you're stuck in traffic and be like, look, what if half these people weren't here? You know, cause like, <laughs> I think it might be too many. I think it, it could be too many. I'm not saying don't have babies, go ahead, have babies, it's fine. I'm not gonna have them, uh, it's, I'm not judging you if you do. I'm just saying that in general, there might be enough of us now. Like we might have enough people, you know? And it's okay if the human race goes on, but, uh, but I don't think we need to uh, be fruitful and multiply. That was like the one thing we did from the Bible. Like <laughs> all the other commandments and things we just ignored. We just, we keep shooting each other, killing each other, <laughs> coveting each other's wives and husbands all the time. And like be fruitful and multiply. Yeah, we check that off the list. Let's move on to the other ones, please. Okay. Uh, my hand hurts. Can you still read these? <laughs> oh, Pam, you got a brace or something you can put on there? Handwriting's pretty good, actually. It's youthful. This is youthful uh, handwriting. It sort of looks like um, the kind of middle school, high school kind of like, uh, you know, you kind of, I guess that's where we, that's when we used to write. You know, now we just type. I tried to write the other day. I was like, what the? I had capital letters. I was writing in all caps. And I'm like, where the hell did that come from? And then it switched to cursive. And it was just like garbage. So the one thing I know how to write now is my signature. You know, when you got to sign for a bill or something like that. But writing is a lost art. I guess we should try that again sometime. Sorry about your hand. How do you feel about disco? Okay, now this is controversial. How do you guys feel about disco? Okay, and the detractors. The There's a meh in the corner. All right, because this used to be a thing because like like metal people would like destroy disco records and run over them in stadiums and things. It was like an anti-disco movement actively in the 80s. I'm old enough to remember this. 
Uh, I liked it. I like it. Because here's why. I'm going to bring my mom back into this. She's from Norway. And uh, I grew up listening to uh, my dad, who listened to Stones and Led Zeppelin and all that stuff, classic rock, uh, Chuck Berry, stuff like that. But my mom was straight up just ABBA, like, all the time. And I know, like, words to ABBA songs that no one ever plays. They were, like, on the vinyl records you used to play. And, and if, if someone's playing one for some reason or it's being sampled in a song, I'll totally just start singing along with it, not knowing I know the B-sides of, of ABBA. So there's something there. Uh, being born in the 70s, I think maybe I heard it while I was in the womb. All right. I didn't cheat. I didn't look. You guys, I know. You're like, is he looking? Uh, I pulled this one. The best way to die. Man. Best way to die. I think there's two different questions here. Best way to die, like, uh, accidentally or not on purpose, and the best way to die is suicide. I think there are two different ways to do that. I was thinking about suicide the other day, not because I want to kill myself, but I was like, what? Because some people kill themselves. I'm like, that sounds shitty. Like jumping off the bridge, you know, you can fucking live. That would be horrible. That's worse than just regular living and jumping in front of buses and shit. I'm like now you ruined, like, can you imagine you're the train driver? And this happens a lot for train drivers. They have to just watch and they can't stop because, you know, they don't, the trains don't stop that quick. And then you just ruin that person's life. And so I was thinking, there's got to be a better way. And I was thinking eaten by a bear. And here's why, because, <laughs> first of all, like a big bear, not some fucking pussy ass like a, a black bear in the Sierras. I'm talking about go up to Alaska, go get a big ass Kodiak, you know, and just, you know, rev him up, slap him in the face a few times. And he's going to slap your head off. So quick, it'll be done in a second, and then he's gonna eat you, and then you'll be a bear for like a little bit until he poops you out. And I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> sharks too, when people get scared about sharks, I'm like, that's a fucking badass way to go. Are you kidding me? And we don't get eaten up by sharks anymore because they rescue us too quick. Did you know this? There's still lots of great whites out there. They bite you, and then they go, they wait for you to bleed out before they finish you. That's super smart because they're eating elephant seals and stuff, and elephant seals will fuck you up once you bite them. You know, they'll come back with teeth and stuff like that. So the shark just waits for you to bleed out, and now they rescue you. I like the old days where, the, you know, you didn't get rescued. You just got to be part of a shark. Uh, <laughs> and then ocean poop. Like, we don't even know what happens to ocean poop. It goes down, right? Gets eaten a little bit by fishes. But then what? It's like two miles down there, you're in the Mariana Trench. Who knows what's going on down there? That's a good second life. Okay, the grossest thing you've ever seen in a tenderloin. All right, I know what this is, actually. I wanted to make a joke out of this, and it's not a bit yet, but uh, 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 so I, I ride my bike everywhere, and I was riding my bike through the tenderloin, and uh, ever noticed that pigeons are different depending on the neighborhood that you're in? So, like, I live kind of upper hay area, and on the hay, you know, they're fucked up pigeons. You know, they're not, they never have all of the toes, you know? <laughs> And, but then you get to the tender, and you go up, like, uh, Ashbury Heights, you walk up to those hills. They're not even pigeons anymore. They're like morning doves, you know? Like, <laughs> fucking, I swear, you could do this. I'm not lying. But they're like, coo, coo, and they don't eat fucking hamburger wrappers or anything. And they sit in trees. Pigeons don't even fucking sit in trees. You see a pigeon in a tree, you call the rescue. Like, someone, someone rescue this pigeon out of this tree. Put him on top of a quarter store <laughs> where he belongs. Uh, in the Tenderloin... I was biking, and usually in the tenderloin, you really, really got to keep your wits about you as a biker because traffic laws, you know, are a little bit sort of fuzzy. And and also, <laughs> you get you get runners, is what I call them, just the folks that are like burp, 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 like right through the intersection. And even though their arms don't move when they walk, their legs, it's fast, and and they and they, it's always in the middle of the intersection, and usually behind a van or something. So they just shoot out suddenly. 
So you really got to have your wits about me. But this one time, I was dealing with all that. And then in the middle uh, of the intersection, there was a pigeon, right? It was dead, right? And Of course. And then there was another pigeon. And the other pigeon was eating the dead pigeon. It was eating the dead pigeon from the cavity, like the, the chest. And it was like, there was red stringy things. I was like, God damn. Holy shit, there's something about... A pigeon eating another pigeon has horrified me. And of course they eat other pigeons. I just had never seen it before. I've seen a hawk eat a pigeon. That's fine with me. Something about a fucking pigeon eating a pigeon. There's perfectly good burger wrappers lying around. Why are you eating one of your own kind? And do you know what that pigeon has been eating its whole life? Crack, cr- crack craps. Like, you're, this is not free rate. This is not healthy for you, pigeon. Anyway, uh, that's why they get all oily in the tenderloin. That's why they get all oily. They've got this, yeah, it's. Bad diet, and uh, it shows. <laughs> Stop for deaf. Okay, listen. Stop for death. What is that? Stop for death. Well, I mean, we all have to stop for death, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just attracting some dark ass energy tonight. Stop for death. Yeah, we gotta stop for death. I mean, we, we gotta like uh, go for life, though. I think more importantly, and we do that by stopping for death. I mean, I don't want to get too serious here for a second, but you know, you meditate on death every day and then you live your life a little better and I think that's okay. It's almost nothing worse than maybe living forever. And so let's uh, let's make the most of Mutiny Radio here tonight. <laughs> Last pull. All right. Long one. See what it says. I don't know anything about the affair with Pastor Greg. <laughs> Who's Pastor Greg? I definitely don't know anything about the affair with Pastor Greg. Here's the thing though. If you're having an affair with Pastor it's probably a good time, you know, because this guy is probably pretty tightly wound. I remember I lost my virginity uh, to, a, to a woman I met at the, the youth, uh, what, what do you call it, youth group, you know, in, in church. So, yeah, lots of people get freaky in church. That's why a lot of people go to church to begin with. They pretend, but no, that's a place you get freaky. And, uh, and so Pastor Greg, you know, and whoever did the affair with him, I'm for it. I'm for it. Get up your host, Ham Benjamin. Thanks for having me. Everybody. Yay! He's back. He was on a long hiatus saving the world, but now he's back. It's a comedy, and we're excited. Your last comedian, you guys ready for your headliner? He is a gem, a joy of the San Francisco comedy scene. He is totally hilarious, and I have no idea what he's going to do with this basket, but we're going to love it. Everybody put your hands together for FC Sierra! One. Oh, it's a sweater. <laughs> I don't know, why I, to, I don't know why, I, why I had to correct you there. Uh, I had like a long time in my life, like when I was going to college, if I would like carry something that I was reading, people were like, oh, what you reading? I'd be like, a book. And I'd realize like in time, oh, I was an asshole. And I just didn't, I didn't know. But yeah, it says pyrotechnics for beginners. Uh, I'm not here to to pump this brand. My girlfriend has like eight of these shirts, so uh, I've already contributed enough to that company's success, uh, I believe. Uh, happy to be here. I am also happy that Rolf is back in comedy. I think that's an honor. Yeah, it's great. I saw him, if you don't know what the OMG nightclub is, it's a very, uh, it's a very upstanding, very, uh, 
dirty homosexual uh, bar. Like, it doesn't cater to clean homosexuals. You don't go there if you're, a, if you're a nice gay guy and you take showers every day. No, you don't go there. You go to another spot that's a little bit, like, nicer gay. But uh, anyway, I was there at an open mic, and they happened to have that day. I don't know if it was just like they were planning on having it right in front of the, the dirty gay nightclub, but they had one of those uh, big buses that you could go and have like your AIDS test or your chlamydia or syphilis test in that thing. It's sort of like a bookmobile, but for AIDS. Uh, but they had one of those outside that club, sort of, I think, just catering to the clientele. And I saw Rolf uh, with his bike, and he biked past there. And I was like, oh, is that Rolf? And I, I hadn't seen him in a couple of years, so I got excited. And then he didn't acknowledge me at first. He kind of like turned and kept going, so I was like, oh, shit. I just busted in on him trying to go to the AIDS bookmobile, and now he's gonna have to enter the comedy game again just to cover up the fact that he wanted to get his free prophylactics. But, but obviously it's not that, so I'm happy about that. Cheers to Rolf. Difference between Catholics and Lutherans. Are you fam? <laughs> You know when like someone asks you a question enough and you're just like, I take that as a challenge uh, to a lot of things in my life. Obviously, I don't. I know that the the Lutherans were the people they they put the they put the paper on the front of the church. They're like, hey, read this fucking paper, and people are like, well, they already gave us the Bible. That's like a bunch of words on that, and they were like, no, this paper's more important. Uh, and then they just made a religion off it, and apparently they don't have hell. I know that they don't have hell. Catholics. I was raised Catholic, uh, so you you learn about hell before you learn about heaven. Like you don't know anything that's going on good if you if you die. You're just like, oh, you want you're gonna go to hell if that happens. It's never like, oh, you can go to heaven if you do this. It's like, no, you're probably going to hell. Uh, but but you could do some good stuff for the church before then, and so that's nice. <laughs> Service. Uh, Lutherans. I don't know. Like, I feel bad for the Lutherans, too, because, like, Jesus, most famous Jesus ever, right? Jesus, most famous Jesus ever, the founder of Lutheranism, uh, Martin Luther. He's not even the most famous Martin Luther anymore. Like, he doesn't even get to have that. He made a whole fucking religion. There's, like, 500 million people that have to go to the Lutheran church, and they're just like, you're not going to hell anyway. And they're like, why don't we even come here? But they still go. They're Lutherans. And then he doesn't even get to have the fame from being the best Martin Luther. Everybody's like, but he didn't even fuck like Martin Luther King did. It's like he didn't even have the extra stuff. Which is, by the way, uh, the coolest thing about Martin Luther King and Gandhi uh, is when you find out that they were also into a lot of sex. Because uh, it feels like it would be exhausting. I don't think about like peace and sex at the same time. And they had like enough of a multitasking mind that they were, it was like a dolphin. You know when they're able to stay awake because they have the two brains, they just switch to a brain and they're like, oh, peace, love, give me some orange juice. And then he's like, no, I want to sleep next to my niece. Gandhi, not Martin Luther King. Not Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> not Martin Luther King Jr. Gandhi slept next to his niece. He says he didn't he says he didn't do anything. I've heard he says he didn't do anything. Still weird. <laughs> Even if they weren't having 
having sex, they'd have to be awake next to each other in a bed for at least 40 minutes before you fall asleep. What do you talk about? What do you talk about? Like, what do you talk about with a 13-year-old niece of yours? Like, oh, that's, that's a great birthday party last week, wasn't that? Oh, my God, what a pinata. Uh, they probably didn't have pinatas back in colonial India. Uh, or maybe they were filled with something else, just like, uh, you know, despair or whatever. But uh, it was generally not happy before he did his stuff. But he still slept with a niece. Like, he still, like... I don't, it's like when you th try to think about what would Tom Hanks have to do for me not to like Tom Hanks anymore? I don't know if he could do anything. Like, I don't know if, if Tom Hanks came into this room and killed all of us, I'd be like, God damn, what did we do? It's like, instantly like, I'm gonna blame the victim in this situation because Tom Hanks is on my side. I know that it's, he's my Santa Claus. Uh, if I could just put cookies, he's a diabetic also, yeah. Tom Hanks, diabetic. <laughs> you know, that's almost as bad as sleeping next to your niece. But, uh, but so is my dad, diabetic, not knee sleeper. Uh, really, really got off track here. Uh, are your dreams boring? I've been wanting to talk about this for years, uh, but I didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do this in the guise of going up and telling jokes at a comedy show. So because it came out of that, Hell hat, uh, which is obviously named for that, because if you've ever worn that hat, you deserve to go to hell, for sure, uh, for the death of that fox and for the fashion. Uh, that's a double. I'm sorry, Pam. It's a lovely hat. I'm sure you look great in it. Uh, but I've been wanting to talk about my dreams for years. I have issues with my dreams. Do you have extraordinary dreams, ma'am? Really? Do you, do you remember your dreams? You smoke like too much weed, too? That's what my doctor said. He said, you smoke more weed, you remember your dreams less. And it's just like, well, I also, uh, if I don't smoke weed, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be feeling a lot more murderous just in general in my life. So in my day waking, I don't want to go angry. But, but I get dreams, too. Uh, and it's, a, it's mostly, like, you know when people have dreams and they tell you about their dream, they're like, oh, I had a dream, uh, and I walked into this empty room, uh, it, it was empty, but it was like a color. I can't describe the color. But it, people never describe, but you, you accept it in the dream. And I walked in there, and it was my dead mother. And, and it was amazing. And I got to talk with my dead mother for, for 15 minutes. And then the guy from Stranger Things came out, and he said, that's not your dead mother. This is a Tide commercial. And then you're like, wow, that's amazing. That's, wow, that, that's a weird, that's a, you got a lot going on in your life. Uh, but with me, it's just like, I'll have dreams where it's just like, I'm in the dream. You always accept that, like, if you're in a dream and you have fins, you're just like, all right, I got to. I guess I gotta deal with these fins. You never like go figure out how to use the fins. You're already mid mid fin. You never have to like the first the first thirty minutes of the superhero movie is already over by the time you're in the dream. Like you're already fucking Spider Man. You don't have to have your dead uncle die or whatever or anything like that. So you gotta you gotta be in that world and you accept it. And the only time like I've had this dream seven times in my life where I am in my life. I am in my regular, regular day, and cottage cheese doesn't exist. I know this in my head, and cream cheese. I've had both. I don't know what the difference is if, if I had a different body chemistry. Cottage cheese or cream cheese 
doesn't exist. I'm in the dream, and I know this. I don't even ask. People aren't talking about cream. Oh, did you hear all the cream cheese disappeared? What the fuck? We have to, we'll make a mystery out of this, and then it's Scooby-Doo style. Not even that. It's just like, oh, it's not even like I come across a bagel or a can of 